Hi, yeah. Welcome to the first episode of JRCS Teacher Talks. Uh, this is a new podcast hosted by me, Phil Bourne, and Charlie Yates. We are looking to bring teaching and learning to the wider JRCS community. We know loads of good stuff goes on in departments and loads of uh, research and reading is, is being done uh, by you guys. And we would like to, um, to showcase that information to the, uh, to the wider school. The idea is that each week we will look at a uh, article, a piece of uh, an extract from a book, maybe a blog, uh, something that goes over an issue within within teaching. Um, we would then have a conversation about that, look at the implications for different subject areas, and uh, have a general chat about the, uh, the the issue. Now, we would really like it if other departments or other members of staff uh, would get involved. And if you'd like to do that. Uh, you can get involved in two ways. The first way would be uh, us uh, suggesting a piece of reading, you read it and come back and we have a chat about it, or you can bring a piece of reading to, for us and we read it and then again have a have another chat about it. If you would like to get involved, please drop uh, me or Charlie an email and uh, you know we can get that, that set up. So hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you. So Charlie, what are we looking at today? So I was given an article by my mentor when I was a trainee, um, Dave McFall, I'm sure many of you know. And it was an article named The Cult of CLT. Um, this was, I think he got it from Tess, but he recommended it to me in my training year. And now that I've got my own trainee, um, Courtney Morton, who some of you might know, um, it's something that's come to the fore as I've looked at her teaching of, uh, of history. And I know that CLT is a bit of an issue in history and geography. So it's been a really good thing to read of her. And hopefully it's a discussion we can all have together. So what do you mean by CLT? So CLT is um, cognitive load theory, and it's something that's been around since the 80s, but recently it's kind of come back into popular discourse amongst teachers and educators. And that's largely because of the changes that Ofsted have made, um, you know, being a knowledge-rich uh, knowledge sorry, um, curriculum. And what it really considers is how a student's working memory operates, um, how they receive information, how they can take that on board. But that process of it going from their working memory and then filtering through into their long-term memory. So if we've got students, for instance, that need to remember a certain amount of content for an exam, how do we ensure that that content they've learned in the lesson is then carried through to that exam period that they might have? Yeah, he, he actually goes on and says, you know, no learning takes place unless long-term memory has been uh, changed. And really, it's about reducing the amount of um, non-essential information for students so they can focus on the, the stuff that is absolutely 100% uh, crucial for their, for their learning. So Alistair McConville is the author of this article. Um, he's a teacher who claims at the beginning that he didn't actually know very much about CLT. Um, he uh, decided to do some reading. So I think Tess actually asked him to do this reading. And what he discovers isn't really anything that's going to kind of blow our minds at this stage. He does work out that, you know, there are some considerations that we as teachers need to make when it comes to CLT. And in terms of making sure that the working load is, is, is correct, we need to make sure our learning is accessible, um, that we aren't um, trying to do too much um, as teachers. And of course, I think throughout the school, we see that anyway. And we do have a real kind of consideration for making sure that we're putting our knowledge and we're putting our skills in the right place in our teaching. However, where it becomes slightly more complicated um, um, from Alistair's point of view 
is that we can't just use CLT as a solution for um, every learning problem that goes on. And that sometimes actually a unsuccessful um, task may not be because the cognitive load is too, is too large, but actually because the student themselves maybe have other things that are going on. There's, there's kind of that um, emotional aspect and our, our understanding of, of students as a whole. There's a really nice quote here where, you know, he says, children aren't like computers. And that kind of is how the CLT theory works is, you know, you reduce something down to its bare bones, you kind of fill them up with information, and then you just expect them to, um, you know, drop it off in the, in the, in the right um, location on, a, on an exam or an assessment or, or whatever you're doing. And actually, you know, there are so many more um, external factors which can influence, you know, uh, why a student may not complete a task. So, you know, a, a student may not complete a task because the load is too high and it is it is pitched too difficult. But there's, I'm just going to read a paragraph from there where he kind of talks about the different factors which could influence it. So if a student fails to complete a task successfully, it may, may well be that their working memory was overstretched at the point of instruction. Or it might be that their perceptual load was underfilled. Alternatively, they may have decided consciously or unconsciously not to engage with the instruction. This may be because they weren't interested in the subject matter or because they didn't like the teacher. It may be because their academic self-esteem was too low to make a serious attempt to pay attention or they may have a naturally high level of distractibility. It may be that the format of the specification thrust upon them was just so deadeningly exam focused and irrelevant to their lives that it was impossible for them to muster an ounce of engagement. So I think he's, you know, he's really kind of set up this um, this debate here between the kind of the pros of uh, using uh, CLT and the kind of the the issues that kind of muddy the waters. So what I really like about this article is that it doesn't, um, it kind of highlights a potential problem with CLT. But if we as teachers and practitioners focus solely on student, um, student not attaining a certain target, if we blame that entirely on CLT, what we're doing there is we're totally narrowing our view and we're not considering outside factors of why that student might be uh, might not be achieving um, certain targets that have been set for them. So rather than just focusing on our, our role as a teacher and our teaching and learning and our lessons, actually what we need to do is look at the entire student, the context they uh, grow up in and um, how that can actually impact their learning. Yeah, because the danger could be that we go, the DFE have said that they want knowledge-rich curriculums. So how do we deal with knowledge-rich curriculums is we just, you know, give them loads and loads of knowledge, which, you know, I, I, that sounds simple. But actually, if you do that, you you run the risk of losing a big proportion of, uh, of, your, of your students. They become disengaged. They don't like subjects. They, you know, they start to um, show negative behaviours elsewhere. And I think the school gets a, you know, we've got a pretty good balance here of kind of, yes, we do. There is a certain level of uh, knowledge that we need to uh, need to to reach, but we also, uh, you know, have the mind of the, the whole student um, as well. I think because that's what he's worried about uh, the the author of the article. I think he's worried about the if there is too much of a focus on restriction. Um, sorry, looking at knowledge in lessons then that person has got, it's that quote you used earlier, the, the children aren't like computers. It's not about deciding how much memory we've got on a you know 50 gigabyte memory card. Do you know what I mean? It's about looking at a person. And again, yeah, I agree with you. I think the school does it right in terms of looking at the entire student, understanding who they are, where they come from. Um, and as, as someone from the local area, um, you know, growing up in the deprived, um, the deprived part of London, I understand that 
there are external circumstances that can cause a student to fall behind. Yeah. And by focusing on CLT, I mean, don't get me wrong, we, I think we're both in agreement that CLT is a crucial part of our teaching and learning yeah. and that it needs to be considered. But if we just ignore everything else, well, we're ignoring what goes on outside the doors of Joe Richardson. Yeah. Um, and so then we've got to make a decision what do we consider to be crucial information for our students yeah. and how do we make sure that the cognitive load is correct but also that it's catered for our particular students at joe richardson yeah it's, it's it's getting that balance between we want students who uh achieve academically and get the grades that they need but we also want them to have a, a love and an interest for we want good geographers we want people who are interested in their wider world and, and how they fit in we want good historians who look to the past and uh, you know, have got that cultural capital and have got those those extra things that are that are included in it. So we teach quite similar subjects, history and geography, part of the humanities faculty. Um, where have you seen uh, over the last couple of years maybe changes in your teaching that are you know focused on that CLT perspective? So I think there's a, a couple of things that we've done. So one will be on a kind of wider uh, whole school basis. So the introduction of the low stakes uh, quizzing, I think, has been really, really positive, and we see it in, in you know both our subject areas and across the, the whole school because you know that is all about um, keep returning back to that information, keep returning back to that knowledge, so that actually the cognitive load is reduced because if they as they become more and more comfortable with the uh, you know with the prior knowledge it then it then means that they don't need to hold as much in their um in their short-term memory you know when they're using it in 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 the next lesson well that, that's that process isn't it yeah like exactly. from, from the working exactly. memory into the long term yeah. so memory. i think that's i think that's been really you know really quick win it doesn't take a huge amount of time out of the lesson it doesn't you know um disengage students because it is it's so quick uh that it gets done almost you know automatically and then I suppose the next big big change, and uh, and this is kind of where we, there's there's more kind of uh, debate in it, would be with both our changes to, to booklets. So history went first in terms of changing their uh, GCSE lessons from you know having sheets stuck in books and writing in exercise books to having pre-made booklets which the which the students fill in, and um, and geography have, have made that change now. And we you know both of us are looking to make that change across not just GCSE and A level but also into into Key Stage three. Now the issue of um, CLT here comes with. You know, if you imagine your student sat in your, your classroom, uh, your teacher's giving you some instruction, there's a, a PowerPoint on the board and it's got the title, it's got the date, it's got the lesson objective, it's got a picture, it's got a task, it's got an extension task on it. Success it, criteria. So it's got loads going. Different you know, colours. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's got, there's a lot to take in there. There's a lot to take in there. And sometimes, and this, this may be where some of the issues come, you go, no, you know, just completely disengaged because there's there's too much. And how many times you go in and you got a PowerPoint on the on the screen, and the kid goes, I, d I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and you go, you know, it's it's on the screen. And I think some I wonder as well with the with the use of booklets whether or not the use of the PowerPoint is actually even necessary that's, at all. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly where I'm going to because actually that is really difficult to unpick. And for some, not all students, but for some students to to be able to kind of uh, deconstruct that and actually work out what they're doing. And I think the movement to um, to uh, booklets means, well, actually, my work, my booklet, which I'm putting on the visualizer, and I don't need a PowerPoint because I'm going to put the booklet on the visualizer, what I'm doing is what the students are doing. Yeah. There, there's no disconnect there. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, 
it's almost like then you're part of that learning exactly. experience as well. It's no longer that you are, um, you know, that didactic. Yeah. This is what you need to know. You are also part of that learning process. You're you're modelling your thinking to yeah. them by that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think it necessarily means you have to get rid of those things like no. the lesson objective, though, because that, yeah. that can still exist in the booklet. You can yes. keep still referring to it, but it is that visual um, representation. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to do that extra thing. Now, I suppose the argument then will be, well, what does that look, you know, what do your lessons look like? Are you just going in, you know, sitting behind a visualizer and going, right, kids, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's go through this work. Let's, let's go through our booklet. Because then it's, it's what he's talking about. Well, actually, is that going to be engaging? Have you got that hook that's going to, going to get the kids in? And do you need, do you actually need those kind of visual, uh, you know, stimuli to, to engage those students? You know, you're talking about interesting clips or videos or uh, images, you know, there's a whole host of things that you can do. And, it's do the booklets go too far to what he's saying where actually we're not considering nothing i, I don't know what would you think about that i, th I think it's because uh, i was thinking about my subject as well and i think there is quite a big scope of history to actually provide those um kind of external stimulus that might actually engage you know bring students back um i think what might be frustrating about this article in a way is that there is no big solution yeah there is no big if you do this, that's it, your lessons will be perfect, yeah. your students will understand everything, which I guess is the same in everything we do in teaching. But what it does is expose that it's something that we need to consider. And you don't want to go too far down the CLT um, spectrum yeah. and get yourself into, you know, backed into a corner where you do get the... Uh, it's boring. Yeah, exactly, the, the non-engaging lessons. But you also don't want it on the other side where everyone's floating around the room and, and there is no real structure to that. And no learning taking place. Exactly, because we're, we're too focused on one side or the other. Yeah. So I think... This and, and this is kind of what this podcast is about, really. Hopefully, those that are listening, this is something that you can take back to your departments and to, to your head of departments, to your line managers. Where is the balance in, in, our, in our departments and, and where do we see ourselves moving forward? And I know that this is a conversation that, that history will be talking about, geography will be talking about. And it'll be really interesting to see, you know, where this goes next. I mean, we're going to send this out to you anyway, but as well as trying to get you involved with your own learning and, and your own pedagogy, you know, give us some response back to this. How, how have you felt about it? Has it changed your perspective? Or have you made changes over the past couple of years? And it'd be great to hear from all of you. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our discussion of the cult of CLT. And again, I know I've said it before, but just a reminder that this will be emailed out to everybody so you can read at your own leisure. Um, now, me and Phil have obviously done this first podcast and we can imagine that, you know, there are some things that we will be working on over the next few weeks to make sure that our podcasting game is as strong as it can be. But the reality is we see each other every single day. In fact, some might argue a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a bit bored of each other, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so <laughs> what we want to do is we want to open this up to everybody and it'll be fantastic to get some fresh faces to come in and discuss really anything that, that they're interested in in teaching and learning it doesn't have to be an academic article it can be a blog post it can be a website it can be an activity that they think work well or just an idea just something that, that, that people are feeling might be an issue within the school or, or something that they're quite passionate about and want to have a wider school discussion um, um, regarding so please do um, get back to us if that's something that you think will interest you again like i said me and phil can keep doing this but we're, we're pretty sick of each other at this stage thank you so much for listening we hope it was helpful and uh, yeah i guess we'll be speaking to you next week peace out bye